Welcome to the Philida Baptist Church Podcast. This is part two of our series entitled The Purpose of Church. What if church is more than a place to go on Sunday? What if your church is supposed to be your team for winning at life? Are you on that team? Are you playing to win? Here's our coach, Pastor Scott Roberson, for part two entitled Strategic Partnership. team listen up this is the this is no little game we're facing today this is the big one and losing is not an option we're out to win this thing and that is exactly what we are going to do and it's going to require our best efforts from every single one of us, but not, not as a bunch of individuals, each doing our own thing, seeking our own glory. We are a team, ladies and gentlemen, and I want you to take a good look around you right now, and all those people you see I want you to realize that they are crucial for your success and you are crucial for theirs. Now you may not believe that right now, but you need to start believing it. Because I have looked at our opponent's game plan. And I have seen what it's going to take to beat it. And it's going to take all of us working together as a team to the very best of our ability. You may have walked in here today thinking about what this means for you. But when you walk out of here and you head out onto that field, I want you to think about something else. I want you to think about what it means for the team. Because the one who put you on this team put you there for the team. And he's the one we're playing for, ladies and gentlemen. It doesn't matter what the crowd thinks. It doesn't even matter what you and I think. What matters and all that matters is what he thinks. And he doesn't want just a few of us to have a good game. He wants us all to win as a team together. Together we succeed. Together we overcome. Together we win. Are you hearing me? I said, are you hearing me? All right. Well, good. Because I'm a lot more serious than it might appear. What if, what if, what if your church really is your team? And what if how well we all work together really does determine whether or not you 
win. I want you to think about that as we look at God's word together. Last week, we started a new series on the purpose of church. And what we are looking at is what God says churches should be doing. Because it's his agenda that counts. It's his agenda that ultimately matters. Not your agenda, not my agenda, not anybody else's. And God has told us in his word what his priorities for his churches are. And so what we're doing is we're looking at those priorities because he expects us to pursue those priorities. And he expects us to have strategies and plans for accomplishing those priorities. And you can see these priorities all through Scripture, all through the New Testament. But we are focusing on one passage in particular from the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, verses 19 through 25. So if you would uh, please grab the note sheet that's in your folder there and take a look and you can open your Bible to uh, Hebrews chapter 10. If you don't have a Bible, there's one right in front of you. You can open that one or just follow along on the note sheet. Hebrews chapter 10 and we're beginning at verse 19. Everybody's ears done ringing by now? Are we okay? All right. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, it's a reference to his death on the cross, it's the only thing that enables us to come into God's presence, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Well, last time we saw that the church's first priority is worship. Let us draw near to God. The second priority I want to talk about today is the priority of partnership. Partnership. And if you're wondering which verse I found this in, it's all through here. There's a very big two-letter word in these verses, and it's all through here. And it's, it's maybe just the biggest two-letter word there is. It's the word us. Us, you and me, together. It's huge. Us is the very heart of what church is. 
what it should be. Church is not a building. Church is not a program. Church is not a denomination. Church is us. A group of people who are committed to following Jesus Christ together. And you see it all through here. Verse 22. Let us draw near to God. So we need to worship God together. Verse 23, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. So what's that? Well, the hope we profess is our message, the message we proclaim, the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. And we need to know it, and we need to proclaim it, and we need to hold tight to it and do it together. Together, let us. Verse 24, let us consider how to spur one another on toward love and good deeds. And so thinking and strategizing and planning on how we can impact our community and our world with love and good deeds, this is something we do together. Let us consider. Verse 25, let us not give up meeting together. But let us encourage one another. So meeting together, encouraging one another, it's something we do together. So you see it here again and again and again. All of these things, all of these priorities God wants us to pursue, all of these things He wants us to be about are meant to be done together. Together, us. That's what I mean by partnership. Now, there's more than partnership here. There's also friendship. I'm planning to, Lord willing, talk about that next week. And you say, well, what's the difference? Partnership, friendship. I, I would explain the difference like this. Partnership is helping each other do what God wants us to do. Friendship is helping each other become what God wants us to become. And see, that, that takes it to a little deeper level. You need a higher level of, of trust and accountability and intimacy for that. We're going to talk about that next week. But today we're talking about partnership, helping each other do what God wants us to do together. So I'm just going to get right to the point. Right to the point. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, and I imagine most of you are. If you're not, if you're here and you're checking things out and you want to know more about them, awesome. That's great. Let me just tell you something about what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ, a believer in Him. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, if you have said yes to His free gift of eternal life, if you have received Him into your life, if you have committed yourself to following Him, then... God wants you to partner with your church in accomplishing His priorities. God wants you to partner with your church to accomplish His priorities. When it comes to accomplishing the things that God wants us to accomplish, every single follower of Jesus, every single one of us, we need a partnership mindset. 
a partnership attitude, a partnership commitment, as opposed to an individual mindset. And this is tough because this is countercultural. At least I know it, I know it is for me. Because I was raised in a culture that prizes individualism, very much so. And when I think about the heroes of my childhood, you know, they were all rugged, tough, strong individuals who were, above everything else, self-sufficient. Self-sufficient. You know, guys like Superman and Batman. And John Wayne and Stallone. You know, these guys never needed any help. They could do it all by themselves. They always could. And, you know, that's great. There's only one problem. It's not true. It's just not real. It, just in case you don't know it, superheroes are not real. Okay? And all those characters John Wayne played and Stallone played, they're not real either. They were made up by Hollywood scriptwriters. Okay? The idea of succeeding in life all by yourself is a myth. It can't be done. Nobody does it. Nobody. I don't care how self-sufficient anybody looks. You start asking questions, you'll find out it's not true. They didn't do it by themselves. Nobody does that. And it's very destructive if we try. We end up missing out on so much. We end up missing out on the very life God wants us to live if we try to do it by ourselves. Listen, I, I'm not saying we shouldn't do it alone as if it's a bad thing. I'm saying we can't do it. It's impossible. So don't try. It's a total waste of time. You don't have to be a genius to see this. You don't have to be a theologian. All you got to do is read your Bible. Just pick it up and read it. Okay? When you read your Bible about how to actually live life, there's this certain person you keep running into. There's this person called one another. Okay? Just give you some examples here. Just a few. Romans 12.10. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Romans 12, 16, live in harmony with one another. Romans 15, 7, accept one another just as Christ, as Christ accepted you. Colossians 3, 16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. As you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. James, or James 5, 16. Therefore, confess your sins to each other. Ooh, wait, someone different? No, each other's an alias for one another. <laughs> and pray for each other that you may be healed. And of course, in our passage for today, Hebrews 10. Let us consider how we may spur one another on to love and good deeds. And let us encourage one another. Okay, you see it? you got to know who one another is. Because you cannot live life the way God has told us to live it unless you do it, live it, to and for and with this one another. Well, who is that? Where are they? Where is he? Where is she? 
Look around. Look around. These people are one another. You know, if we go to our groups, Bible Explorer groups after our worship, there's a sense in which every one of us could write on that name tag, one another. Don't do that. Put your name. But <laughs> we could. Because, see, that's, that's what we're talking about. What does that mean? It means Christianity is a team sport, ladies and gentlemen. It is. You can't live it by yourself. I can't tell you. It's been a struggle to overcome this idea of just, hey, if it's just me and Jesus, you know, we're good. No, we're not. We are not good. We need a team. And the church is that team. And I'm not talking about just showing up for worship. That's part of it. I'm talking about a real partnership mindset, one living out a certain mindset that says, my church is my team, and I am committed to their success, and they are committed to mine. That's the mindset I'm talking about. Now, I know People have problems with this, and I know not everybody believes it, and I know it's harder to live out than it is to talk about. I know that. And over the years, I've had different people tell me why they don't believe that, why they don't think belonging to a church is necessary. I've heard the reasons. You know, people will say, well, hey, after all, you know, it's, it's trusting in Jesus that makes us right with God, not belonging to a church. Oh, that's true. And after all, churches have all kinds of problems. Yeah, that's true too. And church leaders, a lot of them, they're weak. Yeah, that's true also. And, and you know something? Churches are filled with people who don't get it. And you know, when I hear that one, I think to myself, you're right, but I think you should join us because I'm not sure you really get it either. <laughs> See, here's the big problem for anyone who doesn't want to belong to a church. Here's the big problem. Belonging to a church is God's idea. It's His idea. There is no such thing in the Bible. I challenge you to find this. I challenge you to find a single believer in Jesus Christ who is not also a part of a church. They don't exist. There's no such thing in Scripture as a believer in Jesus who doesn't belong to a church. So if we think church is lame, we've got two choices. We can either get involved and make it better so it's not so lame, or we can, when we finally see Jesus, we can tell him how we thought his great idea was lame. <laughs> I don't recommend it. I do not recommend that. Because you know what? The Bible calls the church the bride of Christ. And, you know, going up to a bridegroom and telling him you think his bride is lame? 
Not a good idea. Not going to work. God wants you to partner with your church to accomplish his priorities. Now, listen, I'm not necessarily talking about this church specifically, although for many of us, that would be the case. But you might be here because you're out of town just visiting, or you might be here just kind of checking out because you're still looking for a church. That's fine. That's good. But once you make that choice, once you make that choice, whatever your church is, God wants you to partner with them to accomplish his priorities. Okay, so how do you do that? How do you do that? Well, let's just talk strategy for a little bit. I'm going to give you two broad ideas just for you to think about for strategizing and how you can partner with your church to help your church accomplish God's priorities. First of all, figure out what you can do to help your church succeed. Figure out what you can do. Because you know something? There is always something you can do to help your church fulfill its mission. And if you will pray about it, and you will think about it, and you will ask around, you will find something. You will probably find a lot of somethings to do. And don't worry about it if it's just a little thing. That's never the issue. You know? Here's the thing. God's word is very clear that God has given every single believer in Jesus Christ some kind of gift or ability or talent to help the church do its job. Look at 1 Peter 4, 10, and 11. Each one, it says, each one, should use whatever gift he has received to serve others or to do ministry. That's what serving, serving and ministry mean the same thing. That's what ministry is, serving. Serving one another, serving others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. See, if we don't do this, we are bottlenecking God's grace. We're just clinging on to it like it's meant to be just possessed. It's not. It's meant to be shared in its various forms. If anyone speaks, this is one category of gifts, he should do it as one speaking the words of God. If anyone serves, another category, he should do it with the strength God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. Remember earlier the coach guy said, it's not about what the crowd thinks. It's not about even what you and I think. It's about what the coach thinks. So that in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. And what you don't want to do here is limit your thinking to what actually happens in these buildings on Sunday morning. Okay, because remember, the church is the people. And there are lots of ways to serve people and to uh, help them, to serve them, and to, to reach out to other people and help them become part of the church. There's a lot of ways of doing that that don't have to happen here. Okay, for one thing, here's a real easy one. Well, maybe not easy, but simple. Pray for people. Pray for the people of your church. One of the great things you, about praying is you can do it anywhere, just about. You really can. And so 
even if you feel limited from, other, from doing other things, you can always pray. And you know what? That may be just the most important thing you can do. Look at Ephesians 6.18. Pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Who are those people? It's one another again. All the saints are the people. Uh, the people in your church, the people on your team. Pray for your team. Pray. Pray for the leaders. Pray for them. Pray for the leaders of your team. Pray for your friends on your team. Pray for those people on your team who drive you crazy. <laughs> I know they're there. Pray for them. Hey, I want to give you just a real practical idea here. This thing, this worship folder you get every week, if you open this up, Inside, every week, there are five opportunities highlighted. We put these in here. These are five opportunities to help people connect. Because, you know, that's our purpose as a church, to connect people to the God who made them, to friends who help them in a world that needs them. That's our purpose statements right on the back. And so each week, we highlight five key opportunities that we are working on to help people connect. Okay, so you take this thing, and it's informational. That's good. But don't stop there. Because, see, what you can do then is take this home, stick it in your Bible, put it on your refrigerator, and throughout the week, pray for these things. And pray for, there's usually a contact person, pray for that person. And pray that God will use this opportunity and that it'll be successful and that people will get connected. This is a very practical thing you can do with that, besides recycling it. Okay, other things you can do besides praying. But don't depreciate that. That's huge. But other things you can do. You can call people, especially if you haven't seen them in a while. You're wondering how they're doing. Give them a call. Write them a card. Write them a, a letter. Or, you know, send an email. Encourage them. You can visit people. It's okay. You can do this. And, you know, especially if somebody is confined to home for some reason... You know, call first, but see if you can stop by for a visit, all right? Then reach out to your neighbors and your friends. Invite them to some of these activities that we're planning. Invite them to come, pray for them, and so on. Now you say, well, you know what, I'm, I'm not so much of a people person. I'm not so much of a talker. All those things involve talking. I'm just a doer. I like to do stuff with my hands. Okay, all right, good. Come on over here and pull weeds sometime. We've got a lot of those, and they keep growing back. Or pick up trash, or better yet, get to know some people in a group, find out what their needs are. What could you do to help them? You know, work in their yard. Find a widow who's, uh, who needs her oil changed in her car. Change your oil. Uh, be creative. You can do it. We can all do this. And there's so much that needs to be done. Boy, whatever you do, don't do this. Don't leave all the ministry to the trained professionals. Do not do that, okay? We need a partnership mindset, not a professional mindset. And America is, is afflicted with a professional mindset when it comes to ministry. And we've got to get away from it. As if you can't do real ministry unless you went to Bible college or seminary. 
That thinking drives me nuts because it is so far from the truth. It is so untrue, not even close. We need that partnership mindset. You, you need to believe something. Okay, listen. You need to believe this. You are better able to do some of the things that need to be done for the church to succeed than a trained professional like me. You need to believe that because it is the truth. I'm not kidding here. I am being deadly serious. You are able, better able to do some of the things that need doing than a trained vocational minister. Look at Ephesians 4, 11 and 12. It was he, referring to Jesus, who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers. What for? To prepare God's people for works of service or works of ministry. That's what that means. So that the body of Christ, that is the church, may be built up. You see how that's set out there? So pastors and teachers and ministry leaders, they're coaches. And what they do is equip you to do your ministry, not do it for you. I mean, I don't know if you watched the Seahawks play yesterday. I did, or any football team. Can you imagine if all of these big, strong, athletic players stood on the sidelines to send their coach out and watch him try to play every position. He gets slaughtered. They are so much better able to play that game than he is. His job is to help them play their game. Now, the main way leaders equip you is by praying for you and by teaching you God's Word so that you have a big vision of God. A big vision of God and what God wants so that you step out in faith and do the things God wants you to do. And over the years, I've had people ask me to do things for them that really they should do. You know, they they want me to share Christ with their friend. Share the gospel with my friend. Or they want me to visit their, their uh, relative or their loved one who's in the hospital, who I don't know. And, and here's the thing. They think they can't do it as well as I can. They think somehow I've got an edge. And because of my vast training, that I'm going to be able to go in there and I'm going to have an impact that they couldn't have. That's not true. I got, I got news for you. Do I know some things you don't know? Yeah, I probably know a few. I know Greek. (laughs) Hey, do you know how many people I've led to Christ through my knowledge of New Testament Greek? Zero. (laughs) More importantly, you've got something I don't have. You know what that is? It's a relationship with that person. You know that person. Me, I'm the hired holy man. Do you know I scare people? I do. You want to end a conversation quickly? Tell them you're a pastor. (laughs) We're done. Okay? I try really hard 
to delay when I tell people what I do because it freaks them out. They don't want me. People tell, they, they will tell me anything they think I want to hear so that I will go away. I'm serious. They don't want me. They want someone they know. They want someone who actually knows about their life, who actually cares about them. And folks, that's why God put you in their life. So, you can do it. And many times you can do it better than I can. So here's, that, that's one broad idea, okay, for, for uh, partnering with your church. Figure out what it is that God has gifted you to do or, or wants you to do or that you can do. Ask around, ask God, pray, find out what you can do to help your church succeed. Okay, here's the other idea. Find someone to do it with. Find someone to do it with. Just as there's always something to do, there's always someone to do it with. Don't, don't do ministry alone. Don't do it. It's not biblical. Okay? The apostles didn't do it. Paul, the great apostle, did not do ministry alone. He always had uh, Silas or Barnabas or somebody with him, Luke. You know something? Even Jesus didn't do ministry alone. He didn't. He always had Peter, James, and John, or the 12, or the 72, or somebody with him. Now, it's true. He would go off by himself to pray. And that shows us that every one of us needs time alone with God. But when he did ministry, when he ministered to people, he did it with a team. The only ministry I can think of that he did by himself was dying on the cross. Because he's the only one that could, and he did it so we wouldn't have to. Ministry is a team sport. So find, that, find a team. Even if it's just you and one other person, do it together. Pray together. Plan together. Serve together. See, this is one of the main goals we have for these groups that meet after worship that we call Bible Explorer groups. Okay? Do you know we don't call them classes for a reason? Because we don't want people to have the mindset that what this is all about is coming in a room, sitting down, and absorbing information. Okay, That's what you think of when you think of a class. We don't want that. We want these groups to become teams that do ministry together. We want them to pray together for each other, for the church, for the community. We want them to care for each other and help and respond to needs. We want them to work together to welcome new people and help them get connected and find a place to belong. We want them to learn God's word together and apply it to their lives together. And we want them to pray and plan and think about how to reach their friends and their neighbors with the gospel of Jesus Christ. The goal is partnership, not simply attendance. And if you're not in one of those groups, you're not on a team, get involved. Or if you don't like hanging around with adults, then get involved in our children's ministry team. Or get involved with our youth ministry team. Or get involved on the worship ministry team. Or some there's adults there, but... <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Find a team or start a new one. 
God did not intend for the church to be a spectator sport. One of the best illustrations of partnership in, in the Bible is the picture of the church as a body, the body of Christ. Man, you just think about your body. There is partnership going on, all of these individual parts, but they're all working in cooperation. And if they're not working in cooperation, that's called a disease or a disorder or a dysfunction. There's something wrong. And the body of Christ, all of those parts of the body, that's you and me. And we're to work together and we're to cooperate with each other under the direction of the head who is Jesus Christ. Now look what it says in Ephesians 4.16. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love. How? How does that happen? As each part does its work. God wants us to partner together to accomplish his priorities. Let's pray together. Father, there's so much need in this world. There's so much to be done. And Lord, I feel you're just calling all of us to get our head in the game to be about what you want us to be about and to realize how much we need each other to do that. And Lord, I know there are people who are feeling on the outside and maybe they feel they've tried to get in or tried to get connected and they haven't been able to and they're frustrated. Lord, I pray you'd encourage them. Help them. Help, help us reach out to one another. Help us build those connections. Help us find the team you want us to be on. And then, Lord, help us give it our best. Lord, for your glory, because you've called us to do this. Help us make a difference for Jesus. We pray in his name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Flying the Baptist Church podcast of The Purpose of Church by Scott Roberson. For more resources, visit our website at philida.org.